0: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you. I did just ask if you're a church that normally starts on time, and I thought, well, it doesn't really matter, because I'm the vicar now, so do what we like. Welcome. I'm saying it feels a slightly strange welcoming you to a church, when it's my second Sunday here, but it felt strange. I, I, I went back to Amington yesterday for a wedding of a, of a couple from church, and uh, I welcomed everyone there, and that felt weird, too, so... Anyway, you are welcome. I'd like us to begin, please, with a moment of quiet, and I will say a prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. And we ask that you lift our hearts and inspire us as we worship your name and hear your word. May you draw us closer to yourself today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. We've got some responses to say, hopefully on the screen. These words have come from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are different kinds of gift. But the same spirit the There are different kinds of service. But the same Lord. There are different kinds of work. We are the body of Christ. And must be part of it. There are many parts, but one body.
1: The reading is taken from Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. And I'll dig round it and fertilise it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God.
2: Morning, everyone. It's lovely to see you all here. For those of you who uh, who don't know, we're in the midst of a series on parables at the moment, over the summer. So Chris has just read today's parable to us. Parable of the fig tree that wasn't fruiting. As Alan introduced this series to us a few weeks ago, he explained that parables were meant to be simple stories, relatable to the listeners, with a deeper meaning. And it's really up to the listener to go away and think about what they've heard There is a danger of over-analyzing and reading too much into the parables. I remember feeling this a little bit when studying Shakespeare at A-level. We spent a whole hour's lesson thinking about what did Cleopatra mean when she said the word, Oh. (laughs) Was it shock? Oh. Was it disbelief? Oh. Was it disinterest? Mm. Was it questioning? Oh. Oh. I'm really not sure that Shakespeare ever intended that when he wrote that word, oh. But we do need to dig a little bit deeper into the parables because we won't necessarily understand naturally in our culture and in our day what the listeners would have naturally understood when Jesus was talking about these little stories, these little scenes. So, Unfortunately, I can't just sit down and say, all right, you just work it out for yourself. I have got to give you something this morning. So let's take a look and see what God wants to say to each of us through this parable today. So we've just heard about a fig tree. The landowner was hoping to find some lovely juicy figs growing. Now, sadly, he didn't actually find any figs on his fig tree And he wasn't at all happy. He said for three years they had been looking for fruit on this tree, and he hadn't found any. Now, obviously, the purpose of a fig tree is to grow figs. And as far as the landowner was concerned, if this tree wasn't going to do that, it could just be chopped down and got rid of. It's a waste of space, a waste of soil, he said. And the gardener, who looked after the, uh, the land for him, bought the tree some time. He gave it another chance. He offered to give it plenty of care for the next year and more time for the tree to grow some figs. And then, OK, if it still wasn't fruiting after a year, then, OK, chop it down. And we don't know actually what happened to that little tree, how that story ended, as it was just left there, for Jesus' listeners to uh, to ponder on and for us to do the same. For this series, we've been using Paula Gooder's book on the parables. If you're interested, it's a really good book. Uh, there's loads of parables. You don't realise how many parables there are until you start looking at this. But we've been using it as we want to, to prepare for each of the, the talks. And she points out that if we take a traditional interpretation of this parable, meaning that the absent vineyard owner represents God, the gardener represents Jesus, and the tree represents Israel, if we take that interpretation, we raise some very questionable points about God. Why was he absent, only visiting from time to time? Why doesn't he know much about the tree? Why was he so harsh? Instead, Gooda suggests that those characters were just placed into a scene that's familiar to the listeners so that it would bring focus on the tree, which wasn't producing figs, and so it wasn't fit for purpose, and it was at risk of being cut down. Another chance was being given to the tree, and this ultimately is the main point of the story. In the Old Testament, a fruitful tree was the symbol of a godly life. In Psalm 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And there's the same image again in Jeremiah 17, verses 7 to 8, which says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So the fruitful tree was a symbol of godly life. And fig trees and vines were a common symbol in the Old Testament of peace and prosperity. For example, in Micah's vision of a new age of God, which included God's people sitting under their own vines and fig trees. In contrast, unproductive plants were seen as a symbol of unfaithful people or nations. Now this imagery would have been familiar to Jesus' listeners. He didn't have to explain that. They would have known that when he spoke of this fig tree that wasn't producing fruit. And the parable was directed at Jesus' listeners at the time, who, if you look back at just before this parable, they were pointing fingers at others around them, suggesting that God's judgment had fallen on those people over there. Whereas Jesus pointed out the need for all to repent. Israel, God's people, had had ample time to respond to God, and yet we were still not in the right place with him. There was a need for repentance, and Jesus came offering the way back to God. The fig tree was offered more time. Here was another chance being offered to them to respond to him. This message is still as relevant today. Jesus offers all of us God's grace and mercy. Another chance to get right with God, to walk in his ways and be the people we were created to be, to discover hope and purpose in him. It's an invitation that most, if not all of us here have responded to, and a message that we need to continue to take out from here. I'd like us to think a little bit more about fruitfulness and what this means as it's something we're called to as Christians, a part of our worship and service to God. So we've seen that fruitfulness is the result of godly living. As I look out to all of you, I see an orchard of fruit trees. I really do. I'd like to encourage us in this. So what sort of fruit are we talking about? Well, there's the fruit of the Spirit, as described in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are characteristics of God that are shown through his people. Usually we spot them in each other more than we do in ourselves. But as we grow in our faith and allow God to transform us by his spirit, This is some of the fruit that will be produced. It's a natural overflow of a spirit-filled life. The Bible says that others will know we are Christians by our love. And if we think back to how we first came to faith and how we've grown in our faith, it has more than likely included other Christians showing love and kindness to us. Another book I've been reading, which is uh, really helpful, I know some have have read that, is um, Mark Green's book, Fruitfulness on the Frontline. And he's from the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity. And I found this a really helpful book. He writes about how we might be fruitful in living out our faith and bringing glory to God in our everyday lives. He says this includes modeling godly character like we see on the screen, acting in godly ways, demonstrating grace and love, justice and mercy, and being God's mouthpiece today. We can take opportunities in which God is glorified as his character, his priorities, his goodness, his power are expressed through us. It reminds me of the phrase, bloom where you're planted. You've probably heard of it before, but whatever it is that God's placed us in, whatever situation or the relationships we have, letting God use us. What a privilege this is. We're invited to share in God's great mission of bringing his kingdom in whether this is being involved in some big project or a small act of kindness or anything in between, it's about demonstrating that the kingdom of God here on earth. So Mark Green says, an act of generosity, for example, is not only a beautiful thing in itself, it's a foretaste of the kingdom where abundance flows and there's no lack. So, How can we be more fruitful in our own lives? I'm sure we all want to be that healthy fruitful tree planted by streams rather than the fig tree that had no fruit. Well fruit is a natural consequence of a healthy plant or tree. How can we make it grow? In our house we quite like visits to garden centres. It's a nice neutral place to meet my mum. We can potter around a bit and Well, to be fair, mainly we go for the coffee and the cake or a cooked breakfast in the cafe. But we also like having a little rummage and choosing plants. And one of our girls recently chose a strawberry plant because we've never grown our own strawberries before, although we love eating them and making fruit smoothies with them. So the strawberry plant was chosen and a suitable spot picked out for it. And we're really keen, waiting to see the fruit appear. But for this to happen, it would have been no good just to sit and look at it, or to shout at it, or to persuade it, or to moan at it, or cajole it, or try and force it in some way. What we had to do was nurture it, water it, enable the sun to shine on it, and then the strawberries naturally grew. And they were delicious. And it's the same for us. We won't be very successful in developing patience, for example, if we just grit our teeth and try to make ourselves patient. Although, yes, we do have to play a part. But the key to our being fruitful is in nurturing a healthy, growing relationship with Jesus and a spirit-filled life. In John 15, 4-6, Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. remaining in him and living spirit-filled lives, staying faithful to him, being empowered by him wherever he leads us. Let's keep our focus on Jesus and see what he does through us. Amen.
0: Amen. Susan said at the end there that bearing fruit is about responding to Jesus' call, staying faithful to him and keeping our focus on Jesus. And uh, I left a a point in the service at this point for two things. First, a confession, and second, a commitment or recommitment to those things. Because there are times, of course, when we haven't been faithful to God, where we've followed our own desires instead of following God's way. And we haven't responded to Jesus' call, like uh, Jonah trying to run away from God. Uh, It never really goes well when we do that when we've let our focus slip from Jesus and let the cares of the world take over and maybe other things too so I'm going to leave a moment of quiet as we think about when we've failed in those ways and we're going to say sorry to God and then commit ourselves to bear fruit so let's keep a moment of quiet God promises that if we are truly sorry and repent of our sins, he will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, we are sorry for the ways in which we have fallen short. We are sorry for ignoring your call. We are sorry for not being faithful to your word. We are sorry for losing our focus on Jesus. And we ask you to forgive us, to fill us with your spirit, to cleanse us, and help us start afresh. Amen. And so I'd like us to commit to being bearers of fruit. Uh, You're very welcome to drop punnets of fruit off at the vicarage if you wish. (laughs) but the kind of fruit I really want you to bear as God's church family in this place is the kind of fruit that Susan was talking about. So I'd love it if I will say another prayer, and if you agree to commit to those things, they're going to be the things that Susan said about responding to Jesus' call, focusing on him and staying faithful, then I invite you to say amen. But not just say amen, but then go out from church and be pondering that this week. And remembering that commitment and hopefully asking God to help you every day in all those little ways to bear fruit for God. So Heavenly Father, we commit ourselves into your hands and we ask you by the power of your Holy Spirit who helps us and empowers us and inspires us to respond to your call, to be faithful to your word And to keep our focus on Jesus. And as we do that, Lord, may we bear fruit for your glory. And God's people said, Amen. Bobby's going to lead us in our prayers.
3: Some words from Psalm 115 in the message version. Not for our sake, God. No, not for our sake. But for your name's sake, show your glory. Do it on account of your merciful love. Do it on account of your faithful ways. Do it so none of the nations can say, Where now, oh where is their God? I'll finish each section of the prayers with the words, Dear God, for your name's sake, please respond with, Show your glory and your power. Father God, creator of all peoples, we lift before you the country of Afghanistan. In the words of the UN, the situation is spinning out of control with devastating consequences for civilians. Father God, we pray for all involved in this country. We pray for women and girls fearing what lives are ahead for them. For Afghans who have helped the occupying troops and whose lives are at risk. For all trying to flee the country and for all who will be left behind. We pray for the small number of Christians there whose love of you puts their lives at greatest risk. Protect them and others who may be seeking you and pour out your love, peace and presence into their lives. We pray for wisdom for the President Ashraf Ghani and for wisdom for world leaders to know what actions need to be taken. And we pray, too, for the perpetrators, that they might come to their senses and cease their violent actions. Dear God, for your name's sake, show your glory and your power. Merciful God, we lift the country of Haiti to you following the devastating earthquake yesterday. We pray for families mourning the lost, for those looking for family and fearing the worst for the injured being treated in overstretched hospitals and for those who have lost their homes and all that they own. Bring comfort and hope in the face of adversity. We pray for a quick provision of all that is needed to bring relief and medical support. Dear God, for your name's sake, show your glory and your power. Father God, creator and a sustainer of the world. We read in the news of a death toll of 40 in Turkish floods, only weeks after suffering from wildfires due to high temperatures. Two million are told to seek shelter from unprecedented rainfall in Japan. A climate report is described as code red for humanity. With the United Nations Climate Change Conference taking part in Glasgow In November, we pray that governments, industries and individuals would begin to accept responsibility for the climate emergency. But more than that, we pray that they would begin to take action. Father God, open eyes to see and ears to hear. Give wisdom so that the right decisions are made. Father, we pray for those countries most affected and most at risk that ways would be found to help them to be more resilient. Pray for your church to speak out and act on your behalf. Father, forgive our neglect and help each one of us to play our part. Dear God, for your name's sake, show your glory and your power. Loving Father, we thank you for the success of the COVID vaccination program in our country and in others and for the improvement in treatment that's making a difference too. We thank you for the wisdom and skill that have brought these things about. But we continue to pray about COVID-19. We pray for greater generosity and a sharing of vaccines and resources across the world so that poorer countries might also benefit and their situations improve. We pray for those who have experienced great loss over these last 18 months loss of loved ones, loss of jobs or financial security, loss of confidence or mobility. We pray for those who have had delayed medical procedures and for those who find themselves overwhelmed by anxiety. Equip and enable your church across the globe to speak your love, peace, and grace into damaged lives, in action and in words, and reveal yourself through your people. Dear God, for your name's sake, show your glory and your power. Generous Father, we thank you for your provision and your timing. We thank you for bringing Ben to lead us, and thank you too for Jess. Father, we pray that you'd help them both to feel welcomed and at home here and that they would know your ever-present help all the time. Lead us as a church in the ways we should go. Help us to hear your voice and to seek your strength as we prepare for what lies ahead. Father God, we long to see people come to know you. We long to see ourselves and our brothers and sisters growing in faith and love as your disciples. Help us to be willing to be led by you and to be used by you to make your kingdom come. Grow us, we pray, and help us to bear good fruit. Dear God, for your name's sake, show your glory and your power. So let's bring our prayers to a close by saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
0: So let's go into the world. Let's... Bear fruit in a restful manner, during August at least. And may the blessing of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each one of us and remain with us always. Amen. Amen.